This is Jam DeMatteis, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 104, and I am your High Priest of Conchu, Ray, joining you for this episode. Unfortunately, it will just be my grating voice, um, you know, assaulting your ears tonight. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, yesterday we did have some... Technical difficulties, some gremlins had stolen some equipment, and I fear they may have also eaten my good co-host, Connor Shu. He's not here tonight. He is uh, he's missing, I fear, the worst. Uh, it was after midnight, so it could well have been one of those ghastly gremlins that uh, gobbled him up. But uh, he'll be back. Don't you worry, loony listeners. There are plenty more episodes in our bag to come. Anyway, welcome, welcome. This is 104. Look, I'm set up here in a new part of, uh, you know, my place here. I'm in the corner. It's quite snug and cozy. I'm I'm sitting on a a faux sheep skin rug kind of thing. Um, I'm hoping the, the vocals come out nice and clear for you so uh always a fun one to do by yourself Um, but anyway we have a pretty cool issue to cover tonight and it will be our lunapic modern run issue we'll be following up from it was a while ago now it was episode i think it was 87 Uh, we're up to 104 now we started reviewing the brian michael bendis run of moon knight uh, and it is our lunapic um as we kind of, as mentioned, we follow the phases of the moon. But last week, I did a little shady deal with Conchu. We're doing a uh, modern run this week, whereas we were meant to do it last week, and vice versa with um, our trade arc review, which we're meant to do now. But, you know, sometimes you've got to roll with the punches. And, uh, yeah, and so we're doing the modern run. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. This is issue two. We'll be... Um, first story. We'll get to that soon enough. Uh, now, look, with no co-host to bounce off, uh, you know, discussions with what we what we got up to and what we read over the last week, I'm going to skip that. What I want to do, actually, is I want to start, like, another new-ish segment. Uh, it's going to be called The Night's Watch, and this is actually just a... Uh, this came about from a request from one of the loonies, uh, let's see if I can find him. Yes, this is uh, from Looney Matt Lappy. Uh, look, he has been around our uh, ITK community, and he's mentioned that <clears throat> he does pre-order a lot of his comics, and uh, he'd like a heads up as to any appearances of Moon Knight. So I thought, well, what better forum to do this than our podcast? And uh, I give a shout out for those. Look, um, Matt might not be the only one. If you're listening to now and you you want to keep abreast of when Moon Knight appears, uh, makes cameos in all sorts of uh, comics, then we'll try to keep uh, keep tabs on that. So uh, this is a shout-out to you, Matt, and uh, and we'll be doing some Night's Watch. And I've got three 
for uh, for you to uh, tick off your pull list. Uh, the first one is Avengers 21. Now, this kind of wraps up the War of the Realms story. I think it's a bit of a, an epilogue. Uh, look, I, truth be told, haven't been following War of the Realms, although I am going to read it in its entirety very soon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Avengers 21 was kind of like a little um, warm down from the event. And what I understand is that there is a, a flash of Moon Knight as a chess piece towards the end uh, on the chessboard owned by, I think it's by Mephisto. So, um, as we know, Jason Aaron uh, has very much Moon Knight on his radar, and he has uh, spoken that um, he has plans and stories for him. So it's good to see Mooney, at least still in the in the mix, um, mixed in with the Avengers. Um, so yeah, he's in issue 21 of the Avengers if you want to pick up that copy. Uh, look, the second... Um, Night's Watch piece, I guess, is a is a rather big one. It comes out in oh my god, I haven't got the details here with me. I think it's in October uh, of this year, September or October. It's a five part event called Contagion. Now this is uh, looks very exciting, and look, I know some of the loonies have said that it may you know not be the most inspiring event it it kind of echoes a lot of what dc are doing with deceased uh, but uh contagion is a five five part event uh, comes out weekly so in five weeks it will be uh, one and done and it involves street level characters and there seems to be some sort of alien i don't know fungus or spore or something infecting the inhabitants of new york city that very unlucky city uh, seems to have a lot of stuff done to it. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, it has the likes of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Uh, it's got Pay, uh, which I'm very excited to see. I'm pretty sure it is Pay, um, um, Iron Fist's uh, protege. And uh, it also has, of course, Moon Knight. So he features on, I believe, or I believe it's um, it's either issue three or four. Uh, he's actually on the front cover, just a full face um shot of him with a few of the spores kind of affecting him and one of his eyes going green so uh definitely possible that moon knight will feature in more than one of those five issues so um worth checking out and worth pre-ordering uh if you haven't done so already and finally i've got another appearance here that this just popped up and it's fortunate that we are kind of recording a little later than usual uh, so this popped up around the traps um, on twitter as well thanks to everyone uh, who kind of sent it my way as well uh, obviously uh, rebecca very very keen on keeping up with the news uh, orion as well over at discord thank you so much looney orion uh, also who else was there uh, looney brian or aka brian biggie from inner demons a ghostwriter podcast thank you brian for for sending that over that was um that's always pretty cool and uh and who else oh yeah we uh both brian and myself we do have um our contacts he uh, he seems to give us all the latest and greatest news before it hits as a very mysterious fellow uh, goes by the moniker of just zilla on twitter so thank you very much just zilla for that um yeah sending all that our way and basically it's a panel of of moon knight and punisher so actually let me just backtrack a bit 
This is on Punisher issue 14 coming out soon. And we know that Punisher 15 will kick off a new arc, which will have the likes of Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Night Thrasher, Black Widow, um, you know, all them. So that will be, uh, that will be a, a pretty, pretty cool issue and arc to follow. But again, for those who want to pick up, um, Moon Knight does appear in issue 14. Now, let me see if I can just find this panel that we're talking about. Uh, here it is. Uh, actually, yep, this was shared by also Reginald, Looney Reginald. Thank you, Reginald, for this. Uh, he's posted it up in our, our Facebook group. Uh, and it has, actually has uh, basically both... It's very simple. It's just Punisher and Moon Knight in profile. Uh, Punisher mentions, Hello, Mark. You're still crazy. Um, Moon Knight then retorts a little bit. You're still murdering people. By which Frank responds a little bit. How's your imaginary ghost? Oh, God, sorry. And Moon Knight then responds, he's good. How's your dead family? So uh, there's a bit of, uh, you know, there's a bit of acid there on the tongues of both Punisher and Moon Knight. Um, Both tough hombres and both not giving an inch. So, uh, yeah, good to see. I wonder how the rest of the issue unfolds as well. So by the time this uh, podcast drops... Um, very soon uh, on the Wednesday you should be able to pick up Punisher 14 please do so and uh, yeah let's share the Moonlight oh, Moonlight love okay well that's uh, that's Night's Watch that's all I have um, here at the ITK studios of Moon Knight's appearances cameo or title otherwise uh, we'll be again as I say keeping abreast of of any cameo appearances and letting you know as soon as we can, whether it be on our Facebook group or on Twitter or indeed announced on the podcast like like now. So, uh, yeah, so keep tuning in and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, now, loonies, we, uh, I'm going to jump, before we get into, obviously, the review, I'm just going to jump to a, a few spectacles, spectacles, uh, which are kind of shout-outs. And uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to say that twice, only because I wanted to kind of emphasise the play on words there, like spectacle, spectacle, spector call. Anyway, I'm, I'm hoping you get it. <laughs> anyway, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to a few podcasts. Uh, please indulge me. Uh, the first one is, I'm very happy, it's dropped now and it's being bandied about uh, there's probably a post you see on our ITK community. Uh, I guest co-host on the Signal of Doom, hosted by Dave Finn and usually uh, Stu Harrison. Now Stu is away uh, on jury duty. Very important stuff. I'm I'm very curious as to know what um, as to what he is jury dutying about. Uh, but anyway, I had the 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 honour of coming onto the show there and having a good old yarn with Dave. I actually got to sit in the swamp, you know, where all the magic happens. Uh, so it was a very different experience, actually, because um, it's not often, actually, next to zero times, I've actually uh, done a podcast where the two people are actually physically in the room. Uh, it was a great experience, um, just being able to bounce off Dave, who's a, a very funny, very opinionated um chap uh but yeah we had a, we had a great time uh, a good healthy chunky episode there we uh we review a few comics um ranging from batman universe to some image ones like reva and i think space bandit as well as invisible woman and i got to pick the trade of the week which was uh spencer and Locke. a definite 
must read. I really do enjoy it. Um, the current series, Spencer and Locke 2, is out, um, so I wanted to get Dave uh, indoctrinated with Spencer and Locke on that one. So anyway, big thanks to The Signal of Doom of having me, for having me on, and uh, yeah, go check it out if uh, it's not already in your podcast catcher. Also, I am a busy little bee. Uh, this weekend as well, I will be a guest uh, co-host on Capes and Lunatics, um, hosted by the titans of the podcasting industry, Phil, Phil me in Perich, um, Charlie Esser, uh, Charlie the Professor Esser, and uh, and Lilith Hellfire. So they are the, the hosts of Capes and Lunatics. I'll be jumping on there as well, kind of like a you know like a stray dog. <laughs> but uh, as some of you know, I we had Phil on on our show, um, so I was very keen to. Um, and he invited us to, to theirs. So, yeah, we'll be just talking about comics, uh, TV, movie news. That should be a heap of fun. Go check it out if you haven't checked out Capes and Lunatics already. And shall, I want to mention as well that the likes of Signal of Doom and Capes and Lunatics are part of the collective. So if you don't know already, um, we are all part of this um, this group called The Collective, a, a band of podcasts and podcasters who have a similar um, similar set of interests and um, and share the same ideas and anyway um, we just share each other's uh, episodes so you might see a lot of overlap in that regard um, but Capes and Lunatics and Signal of Doom are great episodes if you great podcasts if you haven't checked them out already uh, finally a, a shameless a shameless plug <laughs> for my my other podcasts so uh, before the weekend comes on Thursday. This Thursday, I'll be recording with the inimitable other Connor, Connor McKenna. Um, he also hosts another collective podcast, uh, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. But Connor and myself, we um, we host Last Sons of Krypton, the Superman podcast. So if you want to, you know, listen to two guys just uh, ramble on about uh, one of, you know, the world's biggest superheroes that has ever existed, go check it out. And I think we're going to be reviewing um, something called DC Comics Presents issue 27. Now, I'm assuming this is kind of like Marvel Comics Presents, it's an anthology. I've never read, I haven't read the issue yet. Um, It has um, Martian Manhunter. I think that's his name, and uh, and Mongol, and uh, I, I um, heckled Connor to for us to review a comic, um, both cosmic based and uh, it had to have Mongol in it. So Connor's done a very good job there. This should be an interesting one. I think it was released in 1980, so it's one of the oldies, um, and uh, it's always heaps of fun to talk, uh, talk shop with uh, with Connor Connor L. Uh, yep. So, so that's uh, those are the spectacles for for this episode. Anyway, so go check them out if you can. Uh, the, there will be links in the show notes to these uh, these fantastic podcasts. Uh, yeah, just try something a little different. But um, look, hey, we'll go to a break now, and I'm just going to get right into it. We're going to review our Lunapic review, the modern run um, of 2011's Brian Michael Bendis's Moon Knight. So catch you on the other side of this break. Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. 
So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, episode 104, as they say in Dutch. Fear and hundred, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I am learning Dutch. Uh, My wonderful partner, Eve, is is Dutch. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Bit of education, bit of linguistics for your... uh, oral pleasure okay so we're we're doing this uh lunapic modern run review you've got just your one high priest tonight ray Konishu, as i mentioned has been eaten by the gremlins i believe so hopefully he can uh not be digested and maybe make his way up through the esophagus again or i don't mind sure is it the esophagus wherever it is connected to you know physiological stomachs uh and uh, yeah you'll be back sometime soon but you've only got myself the mad rambler they used to call me they never called me the mad rambler but here i am anyway modern run review as mentioned it is a waxing gibbous out in the night sky but we are actually treating this as a waxing crescent Oh, that's actually a time for a little plug as well. Look, so the reasons why we aren't totally following the phases of the moon is because Conchu has lost his golden scepter, and that is right. We do have a serial. We have parts one, two, and three out available for you for you to listen. It's a fun little thing. Hopefully, we'll be able to release episodes four, five, and six. Just kind of like Star Wars, right? Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully that will be out soon uh, um, we'll get the story going along but anyway without Contraceptor our podcast gets a little befuddled and anyway this is a good example of it from the Mad Rambler himself anyway we are looking at Moon Knight Volume 6 Issue 2 released June 2011 now this is available uh, still in singles or floppies um, I am going to be reading it off my wonderful hard copy edition. Now, this is the older hard copy edition. So the Bendis run, the entire Bendis run was released in two hard copies, uh, two volumes. Um, and this is obviously in volume one. Um, it has been re-released only a year ago, I believe, in uh, its entirety in one hard cover. Um, so you can also find it there. I think it's still available. You're just going to have to do a little bit of a search for it. Uh, other than that, it is readily available on digital comicsology, um, Kindle, but also on Marvel Unlimited. So if you've got the subscription, easy pickings. We have a writer, Brian Michael Bendis, penciler Alex Maleve, inker Alex Maleve, colorist Matthew Wilson, lettering by VCs Corey Petit, and editor Tom Bravort. Now, since I am here on my lonesome, what we usually do for listeners that are first-time listeners, we usually um, we get one of the, the hosts to do a sliver, which is basically a short summation of the story to to give a sense of it. You know, We don't go panel by panel, but um, we give the essence of the story. For this instance, since I'm by here on my lonesome, um, I'm going to read, courtesy of Wiki, the synopsis for issue two. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll go from there after we get there, and then actually, so after that, I'll I'll just make some comments about the issue, what I liked about it, what I didn't, and we'll get to some moony missives, some uh, feedback from some of you beautiful loony listeners. Anyway, so issue two, first story. 
Perched above a rooftop, Moon Knight stands with the hallucinations of Spider-Man, Wolverine and Captain America as they debate as to which agent they should send in first. The group agrees that Spider-Man should enter first. Meanwhile, the lead henchwoman, known as a Snapdragon, is briefing her adult dancers on the rules for the clientele who come through the high-profile adult entertainment club. Listen and report to Snapdragon. In the middle of her speech, Spider-Man arrives with metal wristbands. Two large bouncers surround him and Spider-Man jumps into action, while Wolverine, Captain America and Moon Knight coach him. As Spider-Man is battling the guards, Snapdragon joins the fray. Once she senses that this is not the real Spider-Man under the suit, she attempts to unmask him to expose Mark's face. This triggers Wolverine inside of him as his wrist gauntlets become claws. As Wolverine mentally, um, Mark nearly gets the upper hand, but he's shot in the shoulder. Just as the guards are getting ready to dispose the body, an adult dancer attacks and escorts an unconscious Mark out of the building. Mark wakes up in an unknown bed, patched and with the dancer. Uh, Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo. She was three weeks undercover with the dancers and nearly found the organisation running LA, but Mark arrived and blew her cover. Mark learns that she's deaf, but she wants to learn more about Mark and why he's carrying a Spider-Man mask. Meanwhile, Snapdragon reports back to her leader that Moon Knight, not Spider-Man, attacked them. The mysterious LA Kingpin is upset, as this is the second thing Moon Knight has taken from him. Snapdragon vows to take him out, and wants to assemble a team to do so. And he agrees. Yes, so that is the synopsis to issue two of Bendis' Moon Knight Run, titled First Story. <laughs> um, as, as many of you probably know, the Bendis Run has been quite polarizing. There are some people that don't mind it, other people absolutely hate it because of what Bendis has done to the character, um, his disregard for the history of Moon Knight, disregard for... Uh, what is the essence of Moon Knight, uh, and anyway, uh, that has caused plenty of ripples uh, amidst the Moon Knight community. Um, look, I am going to attack this like we did with issue one. Um, look, knowing full well of uh, what Bendis has ignored and what he doesn't kind of um, pay reverence to, uh, but, you know, I'm going to look at the story as well, because I actually found it quite a, a an engaging story, uh, a, quite a well-written issue, uh, a lot of action in it, a lot of interesting points to it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I do, look, I, I do totally understand, and, uh, and I agree as well that Bendis really has a disregard for, for what, is, um, what is Moon Knight, but yeah, like I said, there are some very interesting aspects to this. So if you if you don't know already, um, the main thing is that what Bendis has done, he's exchanged Moon Knight's identities of Mark Spector, Jake Lockley, and Stephen Grant, and instead of them, we now have these other identities in Moon Knight's head of Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America. Some might say a very cheap trick. Um, some might say it actually is quite refreshing to see something different. Uh, and look, in this issue... I think he actually used those identities quite well. Uh, I thought it was um, I thought it was really fun to see um, to see the banter between Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America, uh, along with Moon Knight. They are very distinct characters. So what Bendis has done, in any case, he's made it very easy for himself to um, have these. F um, 
for yeah, I mean for very uh, different um, sides to the whole Moon Knight, so to speak. So anyway, um, so what I did really love about this, and uh, look, I'm, I'll just jump straight into it as well. I was going to go through. Um, I'm just flicking through the the pages now. What I really did like about this was the depiction of Mark's craziness, if that makes sense. Um, when he starts fighting, like he he, he gets um, surrounded by the two bodyguards, he starts you know fighting like well not like Spider Man. He starts fighting like Moon Knight, but dressed as Spider Man. Uh, you know he's got that fearless attitude that Moon Knight always has. He gets he gets walloped a fair few times, uh, but he gets back up again. Uh, yeah, I just like the depiction of, of how unhinged this guy is, like Mark is. Then when he actually reveals uh, the Wolverine-like claws from his steel gauntlets um, around him, uh, you know, you can kind of sense the surprise and Snapdragon as well. And and this is kind of paralleled with this internal monologue, uh, this internal conversation that he has in his head where Wolverine in his head is saying, come on, let me out, let me out. And uh, and Moon Knight saying, no, no, let Spider-Man handle it. He's doing okay. But, you know, he's getting his ass kicked by Snapdragon at that stage. So Mark just switches to almost like a berserker Wolverine and... Uh, and that manages to surprise Snapdragon for a slight instance uh, before he gets kind of tasered by one of the um, the adult dancers that Snapdragon has has employed. Uh, yeah, so I really did like the depiction of how um, unpredictable Moon Knight can be with this, and and that was a really well, you know really well done, I thought, by Bendis. Another thing as well. Look again, I'm bouncing ideas because um, I, I read some other Bender stuff like uh, I reviewed that Batman universe um, when I guessed it on the signal of doom that was written by Bendis uh, he's been he's doing currently doing Superman comics as well um, what I found in this 2011 story uh, it's not I didn't get the sense yet of that annoying how can I say voice of Bendis that he kind of imparts on all the characters um, some of you may know what I mean in that all these characters seem to sound the same. They seem to sound like a sarcastic, kind of quippy, uh, you know, um, dare I say, Spider-Man um, or kind of Deadpool-esque. Um, they've got that kind of quippy nature. Um, a lot of his current stuff now, they all seem to have that, which is very Bendis-y. Uh, and over here, I didn't see it that much because I believe, as I mentioned these four characters of Spider-Man, Captain America, Wolverine, and Moon Knight are quite distinct anyway, so it's it's hard to give them like a same voice. Um, so in that sense as well, I think that's a good plus for this. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean I enjoyed um, I enjoyed that aspect. Uh, now also another another positive for this issue, um, I actually did enjoy seeing the return of Echo. Uh, I thought it was good. Um, didn't expect her to to be undercover, you know, doing that sort of thing. Last time I I saw her, yeah, it was funnily enough the Bendis run of um, of Daredevil. Um, can't say I've really followed her progress throughout the comics since then, but um, yeah, she had popped up here, which was 
which is pretty pretty cool, I thought, because, you know, she's kind of a semi-established, well, she's an established character, uh, and, um, you know, she's got a good role here as well. Not much here, only the reveal in issue two, that, you know, she is one, she is one of the adult dancers at the club, but um, the reveal of her, um, you know, and her to be included in subsequent issues was uh, was quite quite nice to see. Um, and yeah, I'm just again looking at some of the pages here. So she's a little confused at why Mark's got the Spider-Man mask. Uh, I think she, you know, they're just kind of feeling each other out there at that stage. Like Mark's only just discovered that she's deaf as well. Uh, and for those that don't know, Echo is a cool character. She's very similar to Taskmaster. She's got photographic um, reflex memories, uh, memory or whatever. She uh, her um, she can copy anyone's fighting style, anything that she sees. Uh, you know, also whether it be like playing the piano or whatever, if she just looks at it, she can actually emulate it. Um, and so she's a pretty kick-ass um, fighter. Um, but yeah, hadn't seen her f- for a while. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see her here. Also, the other reveal that we know, you know, there's no spoilers here because this is quite an old run. Snapdragon's employer is uh, Count Nefaria. I think that's his name. I'm not really a big fan of his. Um, Count Nefaria, I think. Uh, quite a powerful villain and again sets up... Um, what I do like is Moon Knight going up against these crazily powered villains and him just not caring, not giving a shit and... Um, so yeah, it's good to see. You only see him at the end, uh, a monocle and you know a silhouette of a cape, uh, but it is Count Nefaria um, there. So Snapdragon, a bit more of a reveal about what's what's happening. But he's been looking for um, he's been looking for the uh, the Ultron head, which we saw in issue one, which uh, Moon Knight kind of uh, intercepted. Yeah, so. Uh, again, another positive, I guess, would be the artwork. I always do enjoy Maleev's art. Uh, the colours were quite good. Um, it kind of slightly different style here. What I did find with Moon Knight in the in the first few pages, he's drawn very, um, I guess, because he doesn't have any colour. You can kind of see the um, the lines a bit more here. So he looks a lot more. Maybe that's the effect he's going for. A lot, lot more. Um, spectral, because um, he looks less realistic than, if I can say that, than Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Captain America, um, because there's very little tone on him. You can see the line shading on him, so he almost becomes like a um, like a non-entity. And he's got that beautiful flowing cape, which I loved in uh, I loved Opeña. I think doing that um, during the Houston or the Benson run uh, in 2006, and we see it here again. Just gives him a really nice effect. Uh, Snapdragon. Uh, look, I'm not too familiar with her. Um, I would have liked to see more, uh, more about her. Uh, she's very, you know, she's very much uh, grounded here. I guess um, she may well have been created just solely for this arc. I'm not too sure. Um, she shows off some of her fighting chops. Uh, all very. Well done here by Maleev. Uh, the fight with Spider-Man or Mark Spectre as Spider-Man is pretty pretty damn cool as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, as for I guess downsides to this, uh, look. Um, as mentioned, this isn't you know this isn't really Moon Knight. Um, this could actually be 
it doesn't really need to be Moon Knight, you know. It, this could be just like some other unhinged um, hero. It could be like Full Killer, you know. It could be, it could be another character out there that um, that has a similar sort of DID. Uh, but um, yeah, there, there's. I guess the thing, the downside with this is that yeah, it's again the disregard as mentioned um, what Bendis has done for the character. So. Uh, I guess you can't ignore that, but I'm looking at this from purely a a written written story in a comic book sense. I know I know you can't really separate them, but look, I'm trying hard to give it um, uh, to play the devil's advocate here, um, and and I did really enjoy it. So it's not um, it's not like it's a terrible, boring issue. Uh, there's got a lot to it, and look, Bendis is a good writer. Um, for me, his downfalls are his uh, voicings for his character characters, which are more apparent now. Uh, but as I said, in this issue, it doesn't seem to be that much. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and so he veers away from that. Um, and yeah, his big his big downfall is his disregard for history of the characters. I know Connor in the Sons of the Dragon Immortal Iron Fist podcast is not a big fan of Bendis because of what he's done to Iron Fist. Um, so he seems to really kind of mess around with some of the characters that he's given to uh, to write and to play with. But anyway, um, I will then, why not, I'll then go on to my rating. Uh, so moon ratings, uh, this is done again with the phases of the moon. I'm going to give it a, a solid 7 out of 10. Um, I I did enjoy it. It was a it was a quick issue. I kind of I burnt through it quite quickly. Uh, it wasn't too quick to be kind of um, to to have no depth to it. There was enough there was enough dialogue in there. Um, thinking about it now, there's look what really happens. What happens is Moon Knight attacks the the club. Uh, he gets uh, he gets knocked unconscious and saved by Echo. That's basically all that happens. So really, plot-wise, nothing too much here, but it does um, get things chugging along. It does reveal Echo. It does give a hint to Count Nefaria. Um, and uh, that's basically about it. And and you do kind of see... Um, you see these identities in action. So Spider-Man, Wolverine taking over. You don't see Captain America yet, but... Um, again, as mentioned previously, I enjoyed this flick of a switch of Moon Knight kind of fighting um, fairly, you know, as Spider-Man, and then he just flips and starts to um, fight kind of like Wolverine or start to go a bit berserker. Um, I, I I enjoyed um, that depiction of that craziness there. Anyway, 7 out of 10, the waning gibbous. Now, loonies, we haven't finished here. I've got a fair few... Uh, bits of feedback which I'd like to go through. So uh, let's go through our Mooney missives. Now the first one would be through f- our Facebook page. Um, so on our page uh, we've got a few comments here. The first one's from Nelson Al or Nelson AI, I'm not sure. Um, he mentions, I thought Echo was extremely shoehorned and considering this run acts as a finale to her arc from previous Bendis books, I thought it was almost disrespectful to Mooney to have her take so much of the spotlight when there were a handful of Moon Knight-related characters that would have been better suited. Uh, that's a good point, Nelson. Uh, no doubt about it. Bendis obviously does like the characters that you know 
dare I say, he created. I'm sure he had a hand in creating Echo. So, of course, he's, uh, he's using, you know, his, his babies. Um, and, look, I don't, I don't think it was disrespectful to Mooney. Uh, I don't believe, in this issue at least, that she had the spotlight. Um, if you look at it, she only really has uh, two pages of when she is revealed, uh, when she's kind of tending to, to Mark in bed. Uh, much of this issue was um, was built around showcasing Moon Knight in action as Spider-Man and Wolverine. So, uh, but look, um, definitely as we get through to issues, um, you know, this, the future issues issues that might be the case. But thank you, Nelson. Thanks for that. Uh, we also have another comment from Phil Perich, one of the hosts from Capes and Lunatics. Anyway, Phil weighs in and he says, "Why does Bendis always seem to want to reinvent the wheel?" When he comes on a new title, he usually does better on street level heroes, but I didn't appreciate that he changed up the personalities. Yeah, Phil, I um I would agree with you on that. Look, as as much as I'm trying to, um, you know, look at these issues on another angle, um, I do prefer that we do stick to you, Jake Lockley, Stephen Grant, Mark Spector. Um, it is a bit of fun. Look, uh, I'm I'm glad it, it didn't really stick it's a bit of fun to have spider-man wolverine and captain america but it's not really moon knight is it um so maybe bendis is trying a little too hard to be innovative and different um but anyway it's now kind of part of of moon knight law uh and uh take it as you as you will uh third and final one from our facebook page is from jake uh jake keita and he says, I'll personally never read the Bendis run, to be honest. Uh, love Maleev's art, but I'll never bring myself to do it. Uh, Jake, I hope we can change your mind. It is, um, you know, if you do love the character Moon Knight, um, and uh, look, if you don't want to see him sullied, then maybe you should avoid it. But it is interesting. It's good to give a get a different perspective of how Moon Knight is handled. And uh, look, Bendis... Um, he can be a really, really good writer. He, if if anything, he's he's always a well. I don't want to suck. <laughs> he's he's a solid writer most of the time. Um, he does try new things, uh, and he obviously does mess around with uh, character lore. But um, look, I'd say give it a go. Like you're missing out, and and even if you read it after twelve issues, you go, yeah, that was just pure rubbish. Then at least you've read it, and at least you know. Uh, where it stands amongst your other um, favorite Moon Knight series. So anyway, thank you, Jake. Thanks for that. Um, We also have a few other comments from our Facebook Into the Night group. So this is a closed group, but you can just join. Um, Look, there's not much to it. Um, I just make it join just to uh, close, just to, um, I don't know. It's faux security. I don't know why I do it, but it just, you know... um, just uh, hit the request button. You'll you'll be accepted for sure. Anyway, we have um, a few here. Uh, the first one's from Brian Bizzle, and he gets right to the point. He says, "I can't stand this. Mood Knight just doesn't pick up new personalities. All silly Billy like." Yep, Brian. Again, uh, the big bone of contention here uh, is the the treatment of his uh, different identities by Bendis, uh, and yep. As we said, some loonies, they, they really do not like it. Um, but as I said, it, it'd be just it's just interesting to see from a different perspective. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Brian. Uh, another one here from Justin Quinn Honeycutt. 
and he says, I hate how they put Echo in solely to use her as a plot device or motivation. That part where she calls the Avengers to see who's dated Mark before is one of my favourite scenes in all of Moon Knight. Oh, wow, cool. No, thank you, Justin. Um, yeah, I again, I, I'm only reading this as we kind of review it, so I haven't read it, reread it again, uh, but I'll have to have a look and see how she's used. Uh, at the moment, from issue two, she's been revealed... Um, excited to see. Uh, yeah, I've, I have read this. Um, I've read the whole series, but um, you know, can't remember everything. Uh, so yeah, be exciting to see. Uh, you know, her involvement in the rest of the story and how that uh, informs a plot. Anyway, we also have another comment here from James Young, and he said, "I'm going to read this as it's written." He says, "I dot dot dot. I simply can't deal with more Bendis right now." What with him monopolising the Superman books and all. That damn Bendisy dialogue. I'm right with you there, James. Having said that, I'm always glad to lay my mitts on any new volume of Moon Knight. Uh, such was the case when this was released. Maleev and Bendis are a good pair, admittedly. And this one was a nice bit of eye candy. Yep, uh, I totally agree with you, James. I think your um, ideas on this volume kind of echo mine as well no pun intended echo yeah maya lopez anyway uh yeah it's um i'm always keen to to read the new volumes of moon knight and um uh, you know give it a bit of time to breathe as well settle back and then reassess how it fits in the whole um in amongst all the other the other volumes no doubt as well believes beautiful art i i loved his art on daredevil um i dare say look you know i loved his art here as well it's just it is different uh, it's very different from, say, your David Finch um, or your Jason Burroughs, uh, but it's just it's just quite elegant. It's very nice uh, indeed. So anyway, thanks, James. And finally, we have a late comment coming in. I, uh, I hit the approve button for this, uh, um, this loony here, and this is uh, a comment from Dylan Scott Warwick. So welcome, Dylan, to the ICK community and the podcast. Um, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, and he says, really gorgeous artwork, but damn, he really doesn't want to be working on a Moon Knight story with this volume. At least it isn't Bemis. Ooh, so Dylan, you're not a fan of Bemis, and fair enough. Uh, we Moon Knight fans have our opinions and our differences as well. Uh, look, you know, as well, again, um, having the Bemis run, taking a breather as well. I thought it was a very, I thought it was a, a decent run. It kind of came, the wheels came off a little towards the end there. Um... But, you know, who am I? Who am I to complain, you know? So um, the High Priest managed to get an appearance in the, in the issue 200. So, look, uh, it's, it's forever going to be stamped in my memory. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Dylan. Um, and, yeah, your comment's pretty much, um, you know, similar to a lot of what the loonies think of this issue. So there you go. Uh, or this run, in fact. So there you go, um, loonies. That is uh, that is issue two, first story by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, and that is the end of our show for uh, this episode. Um, I have been flying solo, uh, but look forward to having a, a very interesting, a very cool guest. So next phase, we are entering a waning gibbous, and you know what that means. If you look up into the night sky, that waning gibbous which I believe is kind of like a, you know, it's almost disappeared. 
I think. Uh, we have our Isla Russ sessions coming back, and we have uh, returning a very special guest. It will be Noel Tate, the frontman of Delita, um, the band that has uh, supplied that awesome, awesome opening theme you hear uh, for our podcast, and also the music uh, in the outro um, underneath the dulcet tones of my better half, Eve, <laughs> reading the disclaimer. Anyway, so Noel will be joining us. It will be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Noel's sent through to me his four Isla Ra books. They are humdingers. I can't wait to get into them. I'm going to get reading straight uh, into those four issues. Uh, he's also provided a list of uh, honourable mentions. It's, there's going to be heaps to talk about. I want to dive deep. I want to uh, have a good old chat with Noel. The last time he was on the episode, uh, we focused more on his music, um, it was a spotlight on Delita. Uh, this time round, um, I'll be asking him the core questions: um, how he got into comics, uh, what was his first, you know, basically first comic collection, uh, how did he get into Moon Knight, all that sort of stuff, and then we'll get into his four Desert Island books. Uh, but that will be next week. Um, and since it will be a little bit of a busy week, I'm hoping to record that uh, towards the end of the weekend. So keep your your ears out for that uh, for it to be dropped. Um, early next week Um, so anyway that should be a good one anyway to cap off loonies thank you once again for listening episode 104 we are moving along Uh, don't forget a little shout out as well don't forget to if you haven't just check out our episode 100 very proud of that Uh, a big four and a half hour effort so uh, just break it up uh, into small chunks Um, we you know, it's filled with the uh, the ITK serial, so you can get acquainted to parts one, two, and three. Uh, we have a fun old time. Uh, Rebecca, all the high priests uh, were on that, as well as the power of Chad, one of our favourite loonies, and uh, and also has three bumper huge interviews with JMD Mateus, uh, Greg Smallwood, and Doug Mensch. So uh, if you haven't given that a listen, please do. But um, and if you do, and if you want to talk about it or leave some feedback, you can find us on uh, on email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a website. It's a WordPress one. It's uh, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. That's where all our episode summaries, uh, all our newsletters are, are kept. Um, and we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. That's a page. We have the Facebook group, which is uh, it is motoring. I think we're on uh, 950 so members. Uh, big celebrations when I think, ooh, here's something. Uh, I will say for our thousandth member, I might, um, might give them a little prize or something. I don't know. Or... Or might I start a competition? Because I don't want to leave all the other loonies out in the lurch as well. So I might might um, might put another competition after our 1,000th member um, to win. And I'm going to, again, shamelessly plug. Uh, we've got some merchandise. So already a, oh, a big shout-out to Kyle. Kyle Schaefer, one of the loonies. Uh, he's already bought one of the ITK official merchandise. It, was a, it is the limited edition episode 100 T-shirt. Um, go check it out. Look, I'll put it uh, in the show notes as well. But we have a storefront now, courtesy of T Public. Um, so you can, at the moment, you can just get a uh, a, a limited range of um, of clothing, of shirts and hoodies and stuff, and uh, and a mug. Uh, but we'll be chopping and changing the products uh, every month or so. So go check it out. Uh, it'd be great. Any uh, you know any 
any coin that goes to it, um, I'm going to put straight into the podcast, see what we can do, see if we can get things moving. But yeah, uh, maybe for our 100th member to our, um, our group, I'll put up another competition that you can send in uh, your entries and uh, and we'll draw it out of our hat again. Anyway, yep. Yeah. Uh, so also, uh, we're on Twitter, of course. Our handle is at itkmoonight, and we're on still Instagram, which is going pretty well. Tumblr, maybe not so much. That's a bit of a redundant uh, platform now. And YouTube, just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, finally, iTunes ratings, uh, a review would be great. Uh, five stars if you do like what you hear. I know you've only got you know the mad rambler with you now, but um, I promise you the other episodes are <laughs> a whole lot more engaging. Anyway, uh, if not, if you have some feedback um, as to what we can do to improve the show, that would be good as well. And finally, we're on all good podcast catches, so uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all that. Uh, we're on that. Um, so, yeah, give us a listen and tell your friends. Anyway, loonies, I'm going to get out of here so I can upload this episode for you. Uh, be good. And as we always say, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.